welcome to the Screamcast bonus episode. Uh, I am Sean DeRager. With me, as always, Brad Henderson. Tin can Brad, apparently. Tin can Brad. <laughs> and this is a bonus emergency Stop the Presses episode uh, because we got word that uh, the gentlemen who are responsible for the battery, um, Christian Stella and Jeremy Gardner, are doing a new project called Tex Montana Will Survive. My name is Tex Montana. Ah! Ah! I think I may be having a minor stroke. <laughs> I'll tell you, as bad as I feel about killing that baby bear, if there was another baby bear right here, just asleep, curled up like a house cat, I'd club it to death with its own brother's bone, just... <laughs> Baby bear bones, baby bear bones, baby bear bones, baby bear bones. I ate a bear cub, I took its skeleton, and I made things out of its bones. I made things out of its bones. That's it. Is it's a, a mouthful. Is that a spoiler? Tex Montana will survive! Exclamation <laughs> point. It could oh, be so a spoiler, in the, in the moment, or it could in the be moment. It, it's yeah. It, it could be a spoiler, gotcha. or it could be a red herring. Right. You, you never know. You're just gonna it have could to. Be. Well, we've been actually trying to get you guys on for quite some time, I believe. So it's glad. I'm glad that to finally, you know, have our, you know, cross cross pa- our paths cross. See, wow. I'm not even drinking yet, and I can't even. That's talk. a mouthful. Texas I love it. We'll survive. We'll have our text cross. <laughs> <laughs> My Crocs path. <laughs> so, uh, so gentlemen, glad to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm glad our crowds have passed yes. because uh, luckily my, my, my life fell apart. So now I have to live with Christian in his house. So now we're in the same room for the first time in a while. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that's always, I mean, I live like 30 minutes from Brad. So it's, that's always been the thing keeping us from getting together and finally doing an episode, even yeah. though we had a Scream Factory release back when you guys were like exclusively Scream Factory yeah. news. Yeah. Well, if, you know, if the world comes crashing down, you can always move in with Brad, the both of you. So, I, you wait, know. wait. So Christian and his wife and Jeremy are going to live in my place? <laughs> Tex Montana and Tin Can Brad. Yep. It sounds like a match made in heaven. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so, like it. Um, so you guys are trying to raise about 50 G's. Oh, sounds um, bad when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really yeah. bad. Uh, at, at the time of this recording, you guys have about 25 days to go. By the time this posts, uh, there'll be 24 days left. And oh. we're just reaching the 12,000 point, which is exciting, which, you know, is, makes me very excited. Uh, I contributed last night. I know. Uh, Thank once you. my wife sees the bill, she's going to ask me some questions, but we're not going to worry about that right now. I know that you contributed, you contributed at that level because that's the DVD level and, uh, you but, have yeah. to have the physical I, disc. I, I know. You have to, man. I, no, see, that's great though, because yeah. we, I mean, we feel the same way. It's, we, I, I like to have shit on my shelf. Ask Christian, like, I, he gets, he makes fun of me because I refuse to order a movie I really want off Amazon. I will still go and keep looking for it in stores <laughs> until I find it, even yeah, though he, I could have it in a day. Yeah, he needs physical releases, but he needs to actually pick them up in the store and go through the checkout with them. It's so true. I like made my, I, I was like with my mother out for lunch and I'm like, you gotta bring me here because I gotta get bone tomahawk, but I could have just had it. <laughs> 
already <laughs> right. at my door if I just ordered it. Well, it, it's it's the thrill of the hunt. And I brought my wife with me on one of my movie hunting ex- escapades. And uh, how'd that go? She was just yeah. like, we walk, and it's, it, all we have around me is like, you know, Best Buy and Target. So I have kind of when I go to Best Buy, I kind of have my, you know, my routine. I check out the front display, see what's in the new release section, swing around to the back, look and at all, you know, the new releases. What's on sale? Right, and then right. buy eight eight different movies and get yelled at by your wife yes, right exactly so she goes when we got done she was like well that was fun and i'm glad i don't come with you every single time because I, I was actually hey, i'll good. make you a bed and we time. all can live together soon holy shit <laughs> uh, like as, we were, out. as we were talking someone just pledged 20 bucks as we were talking hey, hey we hit that twelve thousand goal uh shit it was 10 sorry we're ten dollars away for twelve thousand right now so All right, oh, so exciting! I mean, twelve thousand so is a milestone. Eleven thousand nine hundred ninety is not live. <laughs> it's going to happen. This is live, so we can say, All right, if we could just get one more ten dollar donor right I know. now. Would that be amazing we'll if we can twelve thousand dollar mark? But if we no can one figure that goddamn live thing out and do it properly. That'd be amazing. Well, let's just pretend that tomorrow we're we're ten dollars away from twenty five thousand yes. dollars. People, come on, it's going to happen tomorrow. Well, um, no, speaking of those physical discs, oh, sorry, really quickly, yeah, yeah. I was at Fort Ticonderoga. Do you know the old Revolutionary War uh, fort up in wow. northern New York? Uh, we were driving back from Montreal. And we spent all day at the fort and it was wonderful. And then we were leaving, going through the town of Ticonderoga. And I, we had like a five-hour drive ahead of us. And I saw a video store mm. out of nowhere, like a relic from the past. And I was like, oh, my God, I am stopping at that video store. And I went in and the guy had like all of his Blu-rays on sale for $3. I walked out with like 25 Blu-rays. Yeah. It was the, the most amazing thing in the middle of nowhere, Nowhereville, New York. So that was like – that is the greatest haunt ever when those, you find a place like that. Those yeah. days are the best days. And they're so gone. They're all gone. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I used to have a lunch break routine. It's all sad now. Not anymore. Because you know, I'm not going to go to Best Buy every single day because nothing changes. Uh, they still they uh, still have like Scream 4 at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the new release, release show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's like their new releases. Uh, well, uh, for the first thing I want to talk about, guys, is the premise of Tex Montana Will Survive because I absolutely love it. Um, you know, we're, we do live in that reality TV overload uh, era right now. My wife loves reality TV stuff. She loves anything that's like based on a real true story – She'll watch. Um, she'll, she was watching Open Water one night. And I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> you're watching Open Water?" She's like, "Yeah, it's a true story." I'm like, "Well, based on it, yeah, really, based on true story." Well, we're, we won't get technical, so we'll, we'll, let's watch a little bit of Open Water. She goes, and then she she always wants to know the end of the movie, so she goes, "Well, do they escape?" I'm like, "Fuck no, they don't escape. They get eaten by sharks." Wait, she wants you to spoil it? Yeah, she wants to. She wants to know if the movie's gonna have a happy ending, and I was like, <laughs> I should have just told her yes, but then I would be on the couch for probably the next week. Yeah, well, you're gonna be on the couch anyway. Or my house. You don't <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's the what's the premise of Tex Montana will survive, gentlemen? Uh, so Tex Montana will survive is kind of a, a parody of these survival show. This survival show genre that's really taken off in the last few years, Man vs. Wild and Dual Survival and Survivor Man, 
Uh, just a, a guy who basically is a really popular one of those kind of TV hosts uh, gets called out because someone sees him coming out of a restaurant when he should have been in the wild somewhere and his reputation is tarnished and everyone calls him a fraud. So to, to um, get his reputation back in line, he decides he's going to go out into the wild for 30 days by himself without a crew and prove that he is just as much a survivalist as he has always claimed to be. And of course, complications ensue when, mm. when he decides to do that. Nice. <laughs> that's yeah. That's when it becomes a comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. It, it's a, it's a full blown ridiculous comedy. I always say like, imagine if the guy from Eastbound and Down were the host of a survival show. I mean, it's that kind of like pompous. Uh, asshole. Danny, Danny McBride. Danny McBride's character. <laughs> yeah. You know, just one of those pompous. I can think he has that, everything. Yeah. yeah. So that well, that's basically the gist. Well, what's fun, people can kind of get a taste, is that you're uploading um, kind of like survival tips on YouTube right now. Um, yeah. You know, because you, you did the celery sticks. <laughs> what was, was that? funny. The celery sticks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The swamp, the swamp sticks. You know, you had that. You had the deer moss. And, you know, those are pretty funny. So I think this is a good thing for people to actually watch those videos and kind of get a taste of where this is going to head. Did you, did you happen to see today's video? The deer moss one. <laughs> no, no, no. The- oh, wait. You, when this is over, you'll have to watch today's video. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. For, uh, our, our newest one, which is the most embarrassing one. Yeah, for far. people listening to this, it's already, it will already be up. It is up right now. It's called uh, Hydration. Um, it's, it's, it, it's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. It, what it's basically getting at without spoiling this one minute long oh. clip is, uh, I hear, you hear this a lot when you watch these survival shows. When you see Bear Grylls squeezing all the moisture out of a fucking giant chunk of elephant dung into his mouth because he says you people die in the wild because they, they get embarrassed or they don't want to do things that seem gross or – and so this is kind of a play on uh, letting your e- – keeping your ego at home when you're in the wilds and just doing <laughs> things that uh, are – might seem a little embarrassing. But we've already shot uh, like 13 of those. We have, yes. And we're shooting more. We're just going to keep posting them and posting nice. them. Well, that's what's crazy. I want people to know that those – that these survival tips are exclusively being made right now during this campaign. They are not clips from the movie. They are literally just brand new every day us going out and doing ridiculous crap just to say <laughs> thank you to everybody for contributing. Oh man, that's incredible! <laughs> and it's oh, I was so Christian. It just keeps getting worse for me because it's like I, Christian, Christian takes the because <laughs> he has to do the technical stuff, but I'll be out in the wild and Christian be like, "You got to put that in your mouth. You got to eat that. You gotta pour that on your face. You got to like." It's always like something. I'm like, "Oh man, do I have to do really in my mouth?" Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just anytime. Even when we were filming the the actual movie, there was a moment where uh, he was falling, or no, what were you? You were going to fall into a lake or something? What was it? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but there was a point where he he was, was going to fall and hurt himself, and I was like, nobody help him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> walking down by a frozen river. And I got stuck on the ice in the snow <laughs> and I was trying to call cut so someone would help me. And then you could just hear Christian in the footage. No one help him. No one help him. Because he thought it was going to be funny to watch me struggle to get out of there. And I thought I was going to die. I, I wanted on film. 
you, you... I was I was pissed he was breaking. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to talk about the time where uh, we found frozen deer uh, pellets, deer crap, and then I he was like, "Do it, just pop it in your mouth." Like, <laughs> and so I put a piece of deer shit in my mouth, and then we cut it out of the movie. Yeah, I didn't like the shot. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with his performance, but I didn't like the shot, so I cut it. Wow. Uh... <laughs> So uh, do you guys have your Oscar campaign for 2017 <laughs> all just pre-made? Well, if The Revenant is any indication, then yes. I'm yeah, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I want to see – that's what I would see like for the rest – every year I want to see someone try to top The Revenant. <laughs> just like this movie was so hard to make and just every year have it be worse and worse to basically it becomes like snuff films are the only things that are up for Oscars. That would be yeah, amazing. Someone's going to actually have like amputate their arm for like <laughs> yes. a movie. Yes. <sighs> you put it on ice. You can get it sewn back on after the shot, right? Well, it just gets worse and worse. You go from like playing disabled gets you an Oscar to making yourself ugly gets you an Oscar to physically putting yourself in peril to actually taking one of your own limbs and off on yes. camera. Yeah. It's going to get there. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm going to be the one. <laughs> All right. To um, to verify for, for the people that are tuning in, Tex Montana Will Survive is already completed. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's what people need to know um, and exactly what um, – why the Kickstarter is there, why you're asking for this money when the film's released because you're you know, you're going to get it all at once. They're going to release it you know online. But <clears> – <throat> So explain that to kind of audience, you know, kind of the setup and and the campaign itself. I mean, basically, uh, this all came about, even filming the movie kind of came about in the release process of the battery. It was such a long and drawn out process of finding distributors and all this other stuff. And then finally getting the movie released. It was about two and a half years that that took. And we shot Tex Montana in that time period just to get out and film another movie because we were – I mean, we were basically just becoming businessmen. And in the end, um, distribution at this level, uh, it's, it's not a lot of money. It's, it's like, it just comes in, you know, very slowly and, uh, it's, it's a painful process. So, uh, and it's, it's an even more painful process probably for the audience because, there's just like we would get emails. When's this coming out in the UK? And when's this coming out here? When's this coming out here? Even last week, I got an email. Why isn't the battery available in Italy? And I'm like, I, I we don't own the Italian rights anymore. Um, and so we have no control over this. So we decided with this movie, we want to get it out there on the same day to everyone in the entire world and do it in a way that even if you can't afford it, it will be available. So we're going to release the movie via Creative Commons um, for free, basically, once the campaign is over. So we need a generous group of people to come together and fund it to release it to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets around – it gets around us having to wait three years for this money to roll in. And so then we can go and make another movie. Right. That's the unfortunate side effect of going a traditional route uh, of distribution is that, you know, the battery did pretty well. 
But between, you know, the, the sales agents and the international sales distribution and the lawyers and, and the investors and the time it takes to settle these deals with different territories, you're making very little money and it's coming in every four to six months in tiny little chunks. And because of that, we have to keep our day jobs. And so we're not able to go out there and make, I don't know, a sequel to the battery or, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the, the monster script that I have that, that, you know, we just can't take the time off to focus on and get and get organized to do it. So we're hoping to kind of truncate the window of time that it takes to get the money that we would uh, we would prob- probably end up getting over 5 years mm-hmm. and then also in that same regard get it to all the people who are going to start asking us, "Well, when can I see it here? When can I see it there?" Well, we can just say you'll everybody will be able to see it on the same day f- forever. Yeah, torrent it, share it, do it every you want with it. Um, because we also can't control that. People are going right. to torrent the movie anyway. The battery had a ridiculous amount of piracy. So, and that's, that's, that's because, you know, we had such a great festival run, right? The movie played so many places in the world. And then those festivals would, would generate press in those countries. And then the people would want to, in those countries would like to see it. And then they can't find a way to get it. And so they go, well, it's already out because it's, it's, it's torrented. So mm-hmm. that we, we, you know, we would get a lot of that. And to, to the credit of the torrenting community, we put a comment up on our, uh, on some of the torrent sites and we ended up making more money in donations from people torrenting the film in, in regions where they couldn't legally get it than we did in actual sales huh. on our legitimate website. Huh. Yeah. That's very interesting. I mean, cause I feel like, yeah, the the model is like changing so much. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about when we Brad when we talked to Graydon Clark about you know what it was like when he was trying to get you know funding and investors for his movies and yeah. how that model pretty much doesn't exist anymore because he would get funding, get the movie made, and then move on to get the funding for the next film based on the reception. You know, or, or, there's just ways of doing it, the wheeling and dealing, and he was able to keep on right. making movies because of the way the Hollywood system was back then. Well, that was even for more independent for him. I right. mean, right, these right, right. independent guys now scrounge around every penny exactly. to make a movie, and then nothing else comes their way. They try it again. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, it's up, just the same old thing, and that's where, like, the, the torrenting, I think, like, the big studios, it's not hurting any, like – I remember when they like the, uh, they have the theater runs, you right? Know? Remember when like the wolf that Wolverine movie got torn in like crazy? It was still made a ton of money, like the the yeah. yeah. And so so of course people were saying like, oh, see, torrenting is no big deal. They'll make their money anyway. Blah blah blah. Well, it's, you know maybe that works for this these big studio movies, but I think we're undercutting all these independent artists and independent films because this is like the step up to you know any director or or writer or anybody moving on up in the system you're undercutting their level of progression in the industry yeah and you also have the you know not to vilify pirates like any uh anymore it's honestly no one has come up with a better model yeah so it's like we have this i mean this is clearly a model that will only work with super low budget movies this kickstarter oops this kickstarter model that we're doing um but it's us trying to come up with a better model mm-hmm. um, because clearly the, we're in a global world now and distribution is still segmented into 50 different territories yeah. where it's a slow rollout. It, things need to happen much quicker than they used to. People don't want to wait. And it's, it's crazy too because, you know, you know, after the battery, I have a script going around and it's not, 
it's really not an insane and I'm not asking for five million dollars. It's a it's a it's a low six figure budget. And yet the amount of concessions I was I've been asked to make, cast this person, change this, explain the monster, all this stuff, th- these are concessions you make on a Hollywood movie. They're I mean we're asking for, you know, a quarter million dollars here and the and and they're wanting to strip it of everything that makes it original because they're so worried about appealing to a mass audience. And that does go back to piracy a little bit. Where you say that the, the piracy doesn't, you know, affect the big studios, it doesn't affect their them on particular films. But when you look at the amount of movies made and released in theaters now mm-hmm. compared to, you know, five years ago, the reason that you're talking about entire crews that are being put out of work, crews of, of you know, grips and you know, lighting guys and sound guys, all these people not there just because there aren't as many movies being made and the ones that are, are trying to be four quadrants. So you're losing all of those mid-level, interesting films that, you know, where, where interesting auteurs could thrive in the nineties and, and prior because those aren't being made anymore because they're too risky. And that trickles all the way down uh, to, to very small micro budget features as well. Sweet. By the way, you've just passed 12,000. We did it. I, know. I was going to say, we just got, a, we just, we just got a hundred, <laughs> we just got a hundred dollars from uh, a Richard H. Thanks Richard H. Yeah. There, right. you're the first person to get uh, thanked on a podcast of all of our donors. <laughs> Good timing, buddy. There you go. That's cool. That, I mean, I'm a huge fan of this. Of if Kickstarter is done right, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, the way that they're going about the Friday Thirteenth game um, is really fun because most of everything was already in place. You know, they just needed the money to get basically get it going. You know, um, and move forward. You know, things like that. Like I'm, I'm always worried to to fund a film or a project that basically right. is yeah because has just how many how many times i think i've been burned maybe about five or six times already mm-hmm. through indiegogo and kickstarter so you know i think having the movie made helps you guys out a lot um, well there's a there's a technical side of of filmmaking that a lot of these ones that are on there asking for budgets for movies that aren't made right yeah like first off it, it takes a year to make a movie but then if right. they, they want to go to film festivals, you cannot release a film to a backer on Kickstarter until after your film festival run, which mm-hmm. could take an entire year. Because as soon as you release to the backers, you're basically going to be torrented. So they hold off and hold off until the general release. And then it's like, well, you guys took all this money from people and then – you held off and made them wait until everyone could see it. And yeah. I think that's unfair. So like, you know, yeah, this is why we didn't want to use Kickstarter until we came up with a creative solution to get around the, the, the process of like keeping the product from the people who paid to have it made. I don't want to, you know, I, I have, you know, confidence in, in pride in what we're, we'll be able to accomplish with anything we do, but I don't want to make people wait a year and a half for two years to see the fruits of their labor when it, it just, it just doesn't feel right. So this one, it's, it's like saying, okay, that's it. Literally in like 35, 40 days, you're going to have this thing that you're paying for now. It's not a, it's not a nebulous window of time where you're going to wait and wonder when you're going to get to see it. I mean, I, and I, I myself, I've backed a few Kickstarters and, uh, you know, a year later, I still don't have the quote unquote reward uh, that I backed and I didn't back it for the reward, but it's just one of those things where, you know, that's another reason we didn't want to become a store. It's very frustrating 
to look at these filmmakers promising the world as far as merchandise goes and knowing that they're going to eat up a quarter to 30 or more percent of what they're, what they're bringing in just by becoming a fulfillment center. Yeah. Put it into the, put it into your work, put it into the movies. That's the whole thing. If I, if I'm going to fund something, I want to know that every dollar is going towards something creative, not a t-shirt that I'm never going to wear. Right. Yeah. If you get, if you end up seeing the movie that you funded and it's, and it sucks, you go, man, I wonder if they hadn't spent (laughs) $38,000 making t-shirts and posters and sending them out for a month and a half. If the movie would have been a little bit better. Uh, My, my poor Harbinger down Blu-ray. I actually rented that uh, a month before or two months before I got the (laughs) Blu-ray. Wow. Like that's three, crazy. Like three dollars, and then I saw it, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> got the Blu-ray, and it's sad little Blu-ray, Blu-ray, Blu-ray just sitting here." Hey, Aww. but you're all about those physical releases, Sean. I know. Probably we're gonna we're gonna make it. the we're gonna make the text one really nice too, though. Well, they the thing that irked me about the Harbinger Down was is they had promised a, a deluxe edition Blu-ray with special features, about an hour and a half to two hour uh, documentary, and. Uh, after the fact, they said they sent out a thing saying, "Oh, it's going to be too expensive to put all the special features on the Blu-ray. We're just going to let you download them." Oh my god! Download links. <laughs> we had, you know, we had this discussion yesterday when we were filming more of those survival tips, and I said, by the end of this campaign, we're definitely going to have to move up to dual layer discs. <laughs> yeah. And I, he was like, he was like, "Oh, how much is that going to cost?" And I was like, uh, and I started doing the math, and I was like, "Yeah, it, it's totally worth it, though." You know, like I'm like. Of course, if we have content, it's going on the disc. It's yeah. just like the battery disc. It It's just jam-packed with content. And thankfully, Screen Factory was awesome about putting it on there. Um, when I know that it costs, mm-hmm. you know, it does, it pretty much doubles the cost of the disc. Yeah. Well, I, I emailed them and they sent me uh, DVD-Rs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. With special features. Wow. Yeah, you know. You it, do that yourself. Yeah, no, I could have, but I don't have a Blu-ray or a, a DVD burner right now. Oh, no, I do. I I, I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to take the time. But you're going to spring in this day and age for a physical special edition. It should have everything that was promised or could possibly be stuffed into that thing on there. Because the only way that, that you know physical films are going to make a, mm-hmm. a comeback is by becoming specialized and becoming yeah. – Unique and yeah, our Tex Montana's Blu-ray DVD is yeah. going to be better than the movie, probably. Just the actual <laughs> physical, wow. Wow. <laughs> just this whole thing, just like like looking at it. Wow, I wish this was as good as the movie. <laughs> I mean, the movie was as good as this. Excuse me. Oh man, that's great. No, I, you know, and and I think I think that's where physical media is going to be more specialized thing. The more we, you know, the, the more time goes on, and it's going to be more. It's definitely moving in the collectors. You know, route, which is fine. It's um, already there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm I I love the model that you you guys are going to have. It's going to be available to everyone, and and of course I'm tweeting out and putting stuff out on Facebook about it, and uh, you know that that I'm really excited about the way you know your guys's model is, and you know I, I even tweeted it like this is important, you know, and kind of you know <laughs> yeah. tongue in cheek, but you know somebody replied back with you know well. You know, it's on my radar, but I'll just wait until it comes out because it's going to be released for everybody. You know, and uh, and like those kind of responses kind of get under my skin a little bit. It's like, well, you could at least throw five bucks at the yeah, because it's going to be. I mean, it, they can wait until it's out unless we make forty nine thousand in pledges and it doesn't come out. And yeah. 
Plan B is going to be that long drawn release like the battery. No, but we said we joked the other day. We said Plan B will be fine. You don't want our movie? Then we're going to take the hard drive and throw it into a lake. Yeah, do, the, like do the, the Bill Olsen code red route. We will just literally <laughs> destroy every every. See, that could be the it. final survival tip: is that it's just recording you saying, "Well, fuck you guys." And yeah, throw it the, into a yeah, the last survival tip, Texas, Texas survival tip, how to survive as a filmmaker. It's just going to be me applying for a job at Blimpy. <laughs> Blimpy. <Yeah. laughs> Blimpy's like the like the old school like subway place. It's gross. Yeah, oh, it's like a, it's it's like the most obscure. Yeah, we have we have shop I can think of. <laughs> we have so, Submarina out here. Submarina. Wow. Oh my Fancy. god. So that's one thing I wanted to ask is because you know. You get $50,000, you release the movie, and you just answered my question. If you don't hit that, you are going to go the other route of, you know, a three. Well, I mean, I guess it would be two years now because you already made the movie. But, I mean, it's still a two, three-year turnaround of, um, you know, getting the movie out there and finding distribution and going that route. Yeah, we honestly don't know what we would do with it if if this didn't succeed. I mean, it's it's small enough to where – we, I mean, we we conceivably just destroy it and say clearly like not enough people want. No, we won't do that. But I, you know, yeah. It will, however, <laughs> however it, it will go if this doesn't succeed, will be a much longer and drawn out process, regardless. Because yeah, we're pretty, we were pretty confident that we could find a distributor to buy the movie off of us for that mm-hmm. amount. Mm-hmm. But then we'll have no control over the release. Yeah, and um. It, I mean, they could they could buy it and and hold on to it for a year and then release it on a bare bones uh, DVD. Baby bare bones. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Baby bare bones DVD. So you know, like, <laughs> it, it's just um, you know, it would be who knows. Like we've we the battery we we kind of made all the deals ourselves slowly over time, so we did have some control. Like we had control with Screen Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really mattered to us. But there are countries where we have no control with the battery and they're getting – That's why it's called Ben and Mickey vs. the Dead in yeah. Germany. They're getting, <laughs> yeah. getting horrible artwork. They're getting the changed name. They're getting no special features and it sucks. Uh, and but to, but to a previous point uh, that you were talking about there is that's – and thank you for saying that this is important because that's kind of what we're hoping that people will trumpet is that – it's not just that you're going to get a, a funny movie. Mm-hmm. It's that we're trying to shake up in our own small, very small, like like we're nobodies, but to shake up a little bit the way that the movies get out there because it's such an antiquated process of slowly going out and selling rights to territories individually because like you said, Christian, it's a global world now and everything's connected. And so you're just cannibalizing all of the potential – People who would be willing to to pay to see a movie across the world by saying nope, you can't have it. No, you can't have it because we gotta sell it here. And then you, you you take a small MG, and then it's, it comes out seven months later there. And by that time, the people who've already wanted to see it have already seen it. And so it, it is. We're hoping that more filmmakers and more people in the know in the, as far as independent film goes will trumpet the fact that this is a this is it's just it's a unique concept as far as distributing a film directly to the the consumer i know that you know we're not louis ck or or, or zach braff or anybody so we don't have that built in audience that's a, that can make it instantly mm-hmm. but there is still a way to build an audience the way we have slowly over the years with the battery 
and then tap into that audience and say, look, here's what we're trying to do. And, and, and if we do it, you get the thing now and then we get to make another movie and, and it speeds it up for everybody. I mean, it's, no, an, it's I think it's a great gratification model. world, right? So the faster everything happens, the faster you get more stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think this will help uh, a lot on the, you know, a playing field of, you know, budgets that are fairly small for people because you always have those people who are like, oh, let's make a movie. You know, we can make one for five thousand dollars. Well, if we do a campaign, we could possibly get like fifteen. We'll do it for five and make your movie and then do a Kickstarter Indiegogo with probably Kickstarter for this one. Um, I don't know. I think Kickstarter is a little bit more reliable than Indiegogo these days. Yeah. But, um, you know, kind of giving that model, I, I think it will inspire a lot of the smaller people, you know, um, you know, kids and just college kids that want to make a movie right out of school or something like that. Just get a camera, film something and take this model and go with it. Yeah. And then re- it's, 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 it's a cool concept. Money. Yeah. Yeah. You reinvest know, the money into a second movie rather than going with your first movie straight on to Kickstarter and owing a movie before you even know if you can make the movie. <laughs> yeah. So the only other thing that, you know, I kind of wish that these guys did now, a few years ago, there was, um, this was 2011. There was a movie called the tunnel that, um, released their movie through torrents. They just uploaded it a bit torrent. The filmmakers did it. And then they accepted donations and yeah. they actually made a decent amount of money. However, um, one thing with those filmmakers is that they had a hit movie, but to studios, the movie didn't exist. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like one of those things that, you know, Ty West even said, he said, all these fucking people love the innkeepers, but to the studios, that doesn't, doesn't show anything is it didn't make anything. Are you that's guys That's how the battery is kind of. Right, I mean, but are you guys worried that this is another movie that's going to be there and do that and then no one's like outside, I mean your fans and you know the people that love the movie will recognize it. However, people on the outside that maybe wants to fund or producers or anything, they won't take notice to this. So you have any fear of that or is this one of those things where you want your next project to be I, kind of the more notable one with this I, money. Yeah, I'd say that there's there's kind of two sides to this, which is it only takes one person seeing the movie, the right person, right. Um, to strike a chord with them and then get, you know, behind us. But then at the same time, yeah, when you're talking about like really, really old school, traditional going to investors, they're going to want to see hard figures. They're going to want to see numbers. And that's – yeah, this isn't going to work with them. But somebody else uh, could see it and just believe in us regardless of the figures. Right, and that's kind of what is piggyback off what Jeremy said is that he could take it to somebody and they want them to put somebody in it, change this, change that, have an origin for the monster. And that kind of takes away from the film itself and doing it yourself. You could do your own movie and you know get it out of the hands of – you know, these people that want to change the craziest shit. We, yeah, just had the guy, we just had the writers of the final girls on not tell, not too long ago. And they had terror, horrible stories of <laughs> what the producers wanted them to change and do. 
I mean, a lot of that stuff's edited out of the episode, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had some crazy shit that they were almost forced to do because they were with a major studio and they didn't even get close. I mean, the film, we still liked it, still good reception. However, from what they wanted, the original vision is nothing like it. So I right. think that That's could show the, yeah. you that kind of this model will work, especially for you guys and smaller people. So, Well, that's what I keep trying to say is like, look, if there is a model out there somewhere and we're trying to figure it out in which we could make movies and, and tell stories, interesting and, and personal and creative stories on a, on a budget that we can handle and we can survive. You know, I, you know, I'm not trying to, we're not trying to be billionaires here. We're not trying to be a list superstars. We're just trying to be able to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would be amazed. I mean, I've met some really, really lovely people going on my little water bottle tour with my last script. But, you know, the first thing they say is, we love the battery. It's so original. It's so you. It's so personal. And then, you know, they read the script and like, it's a great script. And then they start to slowly give you all these notes that you're like, okay, you, you called me because you, you said the battery was original and you like my voice. And now you're trying to whitewash the whole thing. You're trying to just completely flatten it out and take out all of the weird personal quirks that are the only reason that the battery worked, right? The battery shouldn't work. It's just two guys in a zombie apocalypse. That's, that's not original. What I think made it strike a core with people is that it was, it felt like it was coming from a particular point of view. From very you get to per- see people brush their teeth during the apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, but again, it's like who's, you know, somebody's going to be willing to put a full minute and a half of someone brushing their teeth. And that's clearly somebody who's, who's making a decision, whether you like that decision or not. Right. And I, and I will take, gutsy decisions in a film over everything feeling like this is the committee version of this scene, you know, right. back, back to back. I guarantee so, you the, uh, the, the masturbation scene would not have been oh, into it. Dude, it's so good. You know, that would have been cut. <laughs> or, or okay. that, that's great, man. Oh my gosh. Talk about like, if we can, the, out of all the movies I've, I've seen, that's probably the most uncomfortable I've been. And like hilariously, hilariously uncomfortable. <laughs> I was laughing, it's but so- like, yeah, it's my wife too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. that's great. I mean, and, and that that's uh, that's I'm so happy that scene worked and it was and people have reacted to it the way they did. I mean, it's just been amazing. And it and it, it's exactly what it should be. It should be uncomfortable and make you uneasy and then you slow and then you get you finally get that release at the end where you're allowed to laugh mm-hmm. because because <laughs> the other character starts laughing. So, so great, uh, man. Yeah, they those guys really worked that uh. that scene perfectly. It's the only one I'm not – only scene in the movie I'm not in and it's the best one in the movie. So I don't know what that says. About <laughs> <me>. <laughs> well, you're, you're not in the walkie-talkie scene. There's That's like a, true. A long walkie-talkie scene. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. Jared, you, you have a few things that you've done too on the side. You, um, you played the buddy in spring which that kind of – you got a, um, some festival time there. Um, I don't know how many people noticed it. I did. And then uh, recently you played um, one of the kind of bad guys in Joe B. Ghost the Mind's Eye. Yes, I did. Do you you think that this, um, you know, kind of the being in these films is really helpful because it gets you on the festival circuit, not maybe not like yourself, but at least your face and the name. And I mean, I can vouch for, you know, coming out because both of these films played at Fantastic Fest separate years. And, it was discussed that Jeremy Gardner was in, in the film. So are you kind of 
wanting to be in more films to get out there a little bit more? Is that like you're like, do you want to be more of a hired actor or do you want to strictly mainly do your writing, directing, acting? Like, is there, is it all just one passion or do you rather do one or the other? It's all definitely one passion. I mean, I started as an actor. Uh, I've always been a writer and an actor, but I've always wanted to be an actor. And then, I mean, I, literally the battery only came about because I was tired of like auditioning and, and, and trying to pound the pavement and not understanding why I wasn't getting callbacks or whatever. And it was so such a long process to go to auditions. And finally, I was like, you know what? I would <clears throat> rather just write my own thing and prove that I can act you know, by, by just making a, an hour and a half long reel of myself. And so that's what the battery was because I was writing anyway. Um, but of course I love, I love acting so much. It's such a, there, there are two different, I mean, writing is an incredibly lonely process, but it's really fulfilling when you're done. Acting is, is incredibly exciting and in the moment and, it, it fulfills kind of two sides of my personality. I, I can be a very withdrawn and, and heady kind of guy, but I also really, I, I, I'm a ham. I like, I like to fucking be in front of the camera. I like to be on stage. So I definitely want to explore both of those options. And, yeah. um, you know, Justin and Aaron put me in spring. That was just incredible. It was so amazing. And it's, it also helps, you know, as a filmmaker to, to be on a set and watch other filmmakers work. Right. Um, and Bigos' set was just, unbelievable i mean that guy doesn't stop and he's just like oh yeah we can flip a car and burn people and like fires and levitations and tables flying and axes being whipped through the air he doesn't care he'll get it done and it's just so much fun to be on those sets and i just was in a recently in another movie uh called like me uh from glass eye glass eye worked on that up in new york uh robert mockler that should be out later this year that seems to be crazy and yeah i'll take i mean i'm trying to take whatever i can get and luckily it's what's crazy is like going to auditions forever gets you nothing and then exactly what i said would happen made the battery put it out there and every acting job i've gotten so far has just been people offering me things which has been wonderful very cool yeah yeah and it helps you too like like i said it, it definitely gets your name out there a little bit more um, yeah, I hope. You know, it is really weird when I see an article come up and it'll say, you know, featuring an ensemble cast of, you know, and, Jer and the battery's Jeremy Gardner. I'm like, is that like a thing? Do people like, that, do people care? <laughs> I, I was just theater? shocked by how many people like mentioned his name in relation to Spring. I'm like, he's in the movie for two minutes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jeremy's really good, but I mean, come on. It's not the reason why Spring is Spring, you yeah. know? But it, but it helps because I mean to be honest I mean the battery was two thousand what two released on like two thousand thirteen for Blu Ray or was that fourteen uh, Yeah thirteen I think it was thirteen Yeah it's, so, it's hard to remember I mean, it's, it's so honestly, long it's it, you know it's a small little indie yes it's great but I mean that's with filmmakers like that it with so many movies coming out it can be easily forgotten. Oh, of course, right? And, and so, yeah, not not in, a, not in a negative way by any means. I mean that, but you know, that's just how it is. I mean, you haven't made a movie in four years, but it's nice that you are, you know, having um, kind of these roles to keep your name in circulation. One hundred percent, and like to be able to meet, greatly. to be able to to be able to like be considered a peer by these filmmakers is just it's just incredible. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you you go and you spend two weeks on the set of The Mind's Eye. In a mansion, you know, on the on the ocean in in Rhode Island, in the middle of a blizzard, and you have an incredible time. And then 
you know, fast forward six months and you're at the Toronto Film Fest during Midnight Madness and you're, you're shaking, you're glad handing with everybody there and going to the Vanity Fair photo shoot. And you're like, what, like, what, really? Because I like went and hung out with my friends and like, you know, got to be in a horror movie that this is, this is insane. Like it just, it's constant, constant rewards. It's, it's rewarding every time. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty positive. I just bumped my mic. Whoop, there we go. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty positive. Bump the mic. I bumped in an accident, so mm-hmm. apologies for the loud noise if that happened. Christian's been doing it the whole time because he talks with his hands even oh, okay. when he's right into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think, I think this is going to make it. We got, but you know, at the time of this uh, release, we have about 24 days to go. Um, but let's know, I, let's I say it's gonna not going to make it. Let's say it's <laughs> not going to make it, just so people don't get comfortable. Like <laughs> you know, it, it's only going to happen if if enough people believe in the right. concept. It's only going to happen then. And then, and that's the thing. Like your your the levels of backing are are reasonable. I mean, if you know five or ten dollars. I mean, that's how much you're going to pay to either rent it or go see it in a theater at, at least, even less than seeing in, in a theater nowadays. So it's like you know you can give that much. And you're you're allowing more people who you know to, to be able to see it as well once this is funded, you know. I mean, I think that um, that all these levels make sense. I mean, I went with the. Uh, I mean, I want. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of physical releases. I I had you know, and the uh, getting the handbook, man. I mean, yeah, well, the handbook, rep- yeah, handbook replica, the survival guide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, things like that like make it fun. And and of course, I'm you know, I'm able to to contribute at that level. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I think all the levels are, are attainable for where you're at as a, as a film lover and to be able to contribute to a film getting out there, I think is, you know, for me, I feel like a sense that I'm contributing and, you know, I'm cheering the movie on. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, even if you can do five or 10 bucks, you know, I think whatever you can do, if you Absolutely. Know, sit and wait around for it to be released, possibly just to save five or ten bucks. You know, you could. You know, what if this is five or ten dollars away? Whatever. I don't know. I mean, I, I always think about that. But um, if you know, that yeah. happens, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have a video of both of us just jumping <laughs> off a bridge. <laughs> no, but that's the thing too. Is right. I mean, this this you, know, you see this a lot in all kinds of different things. Is that you know people think, oh well, my thing doesn't really matter because all I can do is this. But it, I mean, those things add up. Look. If we could have just said one tier only five dollars and got ten thousand people to do it, that'd be incredible, and mm-hmm. no one would be out more than the cost of a rental of a movie. But you know, that's we don't have that kind of reach right now. So these, right. you know, the people stepping up and saying I support what you're doing and the cause and you, uh, that's where those higher tiers come in, and that's why we're happy to be able to, yeah. to you know, provide a cool physical physical reward for that. But everything everything adds up. Yeah, I mean, I mean we I don't take we the, don't take a dollar for granted. I saw that that uh, Barbara Crampton. You know, back the project. I was like, yes, yes yeah. she did. That's so cool, man. That's amazing. So you so. have um, this is only played because I remember you saying it did play at one film festival. Is that is that all that you've taken it to just to kind of get a general response? Uh, it played it 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 premiered at a film festival called Chattanooga Film Festival, which is incredible. Um, and we actually won best feature there, uh, which was insane. That was oh. that was the premiere. And then, um, after that, it also played at, uh, Mave Genre in France and, uh, Dead Fest in Edmonton. And Dead Fest is amazing. That's the second time I've been to Dead Fest. The first time I ended up getting a tattoo in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> uh, and this last time, I think, I think I work at at least three bars on White Ave in Edmonton. 
Um, and I don't know if you if you guys know the the, the last video store uh, short yeah. that was going around the festival circuit. Those guys yeah, run dead, those guys run Dead Fest. So yeah. uh, I, I went uh, up there. What Derek Clayton, right? Derek Clayton, yeah, Derek and uh, Kevin, Cody right. and Tim, all those guys. They're, they're just incredible. I've been to Edmonton yeah, now for about thirty something days. It's literally. I realized the last time I was there that it was the third longest I'd ever been in one particular city in my life. So I, I, I feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm an adopted child of Edmonton, but dead fest is incredible. And I got to see green room. Ha ha. Well, I got to see it too. Whoever fucking just said that. <laughs> tin, tin can Brad fucking saw that shit. Um, so, you know, obviously, I mean, that's, that's a uh, good press as well is that you, you won best feature. I don't know if my word amounts to anything. Um, Sean can vouch for that. I'm against comedies. And, you know, when actually, uh, fucking, the saddest uh, I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. I, I just, I'm just don't care for him all that much. But, I, I, would, um, I would say a majority, like a majority, the majority main, like more mainstream type stuff. Like you, you, well, just, you have a sense of humor. It's just, people, yeah, people try cause I'm funny. Movies aren't, that's how it is. Oh um, man. Well, you know, Christian was like telling me about this, you know, cause we were uh, doing a short and, you know, I think you guys were just finished text Montana and he was like telling me like stories and I'm like, Thinking in my head, man, that's totally not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like thinking like, man, I really should have stopped this podcast about five minutes ago. <laughs> he's, well, he's, no, no, he's no. setting it up. Yeah, I'm setting it up. So anyways, um, you know, I, Jerry or um, Christian, let me see it. I don't know how long ago that was. And I don't know if that's was that pretty much the finished product. Uh, probably close yeah. to it. Just like technical stuff changed afterwards, probably. I cried about three times laughing. I still giggle when I think about the tent gag or the, the, um, shelter sticks. Yeah. The shelter, the (laughs) shelter gag. I, um, I told Sean, I was like, yes, I was like totally. And for, for the audience, um, this is totally a hundred percent really, really funny. And, um, and it's well done and not alone is, you know, uh, Jeremy's really great at, I don't know if it's fucking improv, if there's a script, but anyways, it flows so, so well through the film. And, um, and Christian, like you, not only you're getting a really funny comedy, but you're also getting a really fucking pretty movie. Like the entire movie is beautiful because it's in the fucking woods. It's set in the snow. It's just not some fucking, let's put a camera on a tripod. And it is, there's a tripod there. However, it's like strategically set to some of the most beautiful scenery. And, um, and I, I will say as, as even if me and these guys friends, um, and loving the battery and, you know, fucking, I promoted the fuck out of that movie. I wouldn't shut up and I won't shut up about Tex Montana either. Cause I, I truly think this is a really funny movie and definitely kind of gives, um, you guys, uh, you know, kind of some extra umph because you had the battery, which was, you know, a genre movie, a horror film with, you know, some comedy in it. And now you guys are kind of doing mostly like a, a slapstick mockumentary type thing. And when I heard that, I was like, ah, I don't I don't know. I mean, that's a different kind of a different step, but it totally works. And I'm really happy for you guys. And I I'm really, really hoping this um, this works out and people get to see this. This film. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, that was one of the ways I was able to talk Christian into doing this is that by making it a TV show, he would be able to make it pretty. 
Um, so we get to somehow kind of do our take on found footage while still having beautiful cinematography. And just for the record, every single moment of this movie is improvised completely yeah, that, on the spot. That, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it 100% because I wasn't 100% sure. But I mean, from what uh, Christian has told me, that's what I remember. And Jesus, dude, like – yeah, we had we had I mean we had a, really a, an outline funny. of a, we had an outline of events that would happen slightly but that's it. Wow. Not not a line of dialogue. Wow. Luckily 9 degree weather does not seem to tamper my ability to come up with total <laughs> fucking nonsense. <laughs> did you get or, any real frostbite or anything like that? I absolutely did. I got a big chunk of black frostbite on my big toe oh my because Tex is an idiot and he wears cowboy boots and cowboy <laughs> boots are not are not insulated in any way. So even though we thought it'd be really funny if this guy looked ill prepared for the winter, I had to actually be ill prepared for the winter in those <laughs> scenes. And it, it was nine degrees for three solid days, nine degrees or less and snowed at least three. We were days shooting straight. 14 hours oh a day. God. Yeah. It was, it was really rough. I, mean, I, I know at least a half, at least a half uh, that black chunk of frostbite kind of sloughed off in the shower about a couple <laughs> weeks later. Nice. It was, it was pretty crazy. It was nuts. Not like uh, not like the dude in Everest, the movie Everest. This dude got some hardcore frostbite. Oh really? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Well, this Screw is real, shit. Sean. This is real. Well, no, like the real guy, like the real dude that that the movie was based off. Is, did, is he, that a did, movie? He sur- did he survive? Yes. Spoiler oh. alert! Spoiler oh. alert for real life. Did you watch <laughs> that movie with your wife? No. <laughs> Why not? Why not? He, he survived. And it's based on the real <laughs> guy. Sounds like she would love it. Uh, my daughter actually wants to watch it. I go, well, I think they all die. And she goes, oh, okay. Can we watch it? <laughs> so my People love that daughter shit. Is awesome. My mom doesn't know. My mom doesn't know any movies. She's like, I want to see that finest hours movie. Cause it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 oh man. Uh, well, what right. is your, what does your mother think about, uh, you know, your other films? Uh, she, I mean, she loves them. Well, she's my mom, so she, she right. loves everything I do. But, uh, you know, she, she laughed her ass off at Tex. Nice. The battery is, she watches Lifetime movies, so the battery is not necessarily her speed. But I did take her for the first time in 20 years to the movies the other day, and we saw Room. And I, I might have overestimated my ability to handle seeing a really, really beautiful, sad movie about <laughs> maternal love with my mom. I was just oh, like, mom, <laughs> thank you for loving me. <laughs> The power of cinema. Yeah. It's an awesome thing. It truly um, is. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys for, for coming on and talking about Tex Montana. We'll survive. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So I'm going to, I'm going to put the Tex Montana YouTube, uh, link in the show notes here. So I'll make sure everyone checks that Please out. Please do. And, uh, if you want to, if you want to contribute to the campaign, TexMontana.com will get you there and we will thank you. Probably on video, which we've been doing to all our backers lately. Yep. Yes. Very nice. Um, well, best of luck to you guys. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, yeah. we're excited for uh, all, the, all the other stuff that's going to come, come our way from you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for having us on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Have fun with Thanks. Heavy Metal Week. Heck yeah. Month. 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 All right. Well, we want to thank all of you guys for listening to this little nugget bonus nugget wow. i don't know why i use that word but uh, it's funny to me uh, uh, nugget or nugget yeah, nugget. Uh, nugget of bonusness bonus no. of nugget just stop please just <laughs> continue nugget we are kicking off uh heavy metal horror week tomorrow so um we'll be talking to john michael thor 
and uh, we're going to be talking about Hackle Lantern and Maximum Overdrive as well as some other things. So pretty excited for this next month. Um, so we'll be talking to all of you tomorrow. Uh, again, check out our sponsors, thescreamcast.com slash sponsors. Uh, check them all out. Coffee Shop of Horrors, grindhouseofvideo.com, uh, Kevin Spencer, and Wolf Metamars. Give them all some love. We'll talk, all, talk to all of you tomorrow. Wait. wait, wait I got wait. one other thing I want to interject. What? No, just that... give me a second. Give me a second. If you <laughs> contribute to the campaign mm. for uh, Tex Montana on the Kickstarter, send us the confirmation because then we'll enter you in a drawing. Yes, we will be uh, we'll be kicking off a, a drawing, I believe, so tomorrow. It could even be the $5 one. It can be the $2,500 one. Doesn't matter. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, thank you very much. Thank That's you, awesome. So do do the $5 one. Um, you know, it's obviously an easy one, and it'll do contribution and we'll put you in for a raffle of you know to win shit yep all right that's awesome thank you so much we will talk to all of you tomorrow bye-bye bye Bye. oh don't tell me you're leaving the party's just begun If my therapist has me ticked, why are you so afraid of the dark? And I said, it's because when I was seven years old, my daddy said, you know the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And I said, yes. And he said, well, they're for real, and they will kill you, and they will eat you. They will put you in a pot, and they will put all of their martial arts weapons down and eat a stew made from your body. Oh, no.